I'm Ben Carter, your life transformation coach, and I've been sent, called, and commissioned to help you live your very best life. Join me on Ben the Life Coach Radio Show. I can't wait to support your leap into victory. What's up? What's up? <laughs> it's me, your favorite life transformation coach, Ben Carter. Welcome back to a brand new season, a brand new year, 2016. This is Ben, and this is Ben the Life Coach Radio Show. I am so pleased, so honored to have you all back. We are going to have an explosive year. I've got so many things coming up, so many things coming up. I am working on a brand new ebook. I'm working on brand new shows uh, for the radio show. I am working on putting together brand new live events so that you can come out and hear me speak and watch me cut up and act a complete fool. (laughs) I am working on so many different things that will bring to you a great message and even greater than that, introduce you to yourself. When you leave my experience, I want you to have experienced and in being introduced to yourself as a as a brand new purposed individual. That is my goal. That is my purpose in life is to really make sure that you are standing in the spotlight of your own life. And speaking of spotlight, um, don't forget to check out the resources that I currently have available. Go on over to my website, www.live live you hear that www.livellccoaching.com emphasis on live living leaping into victory every day i hope that's what you're doing i hope that you are professing um, and affirming that in your life i hope that you believe that for yourself that victory shall be yours so welcome back brand new year um If you remember the last show that we had, my my year ended with a car accident. Some fool on the Garden State Parkway decided to hit my baby hybrid uh, in the rear, and I got a nice concussion from that, but I'm clear. I'm still clear. You know, I might be mentally and physically foggy, but spiritually, I'm I'm clear. (laughs) So this, this particular show... I think when I got hit in the head, it made me think about life and the possibility of not having life and the possibility of what life would be like for the closest people to me if I wasn't here and what it feels like to live without people that I love the most who are not here. And it started to force me to think about what lessons have I learned in life? 
You know, am I really grateful to be alive? You know, am I really grateful to have what I have right now without needing and wanting something in addition to or on top of that? Really forced me to ask myself a major question. What have you learned about life and what do you know to be true about life? When I thought about that, it, I, I went a little bit deeper. It forced me to go deeper and say, well, who did you learn this from and where did your greatest lessons come from? And so it, it took me back to my eight-year-old self uh, with my grandmother and my greatest lessons and uh, some of the best non-verbal advice <laughs> I've ever received has come by way of my grandmother. So it's no coincidence that this particular show is debuting on my grandmother's birthday. Yay! Happy birthday, Granny! Yay! My grandmother passed away in uh, 2003, um, and that's when my life changed. My grandmother was a part of, she was instrumental, she was one of probably the most stable figures in my life. She's responsible for raising me and taking care of me and helping me pay rent in school and feeding me. There's so many things that I could say about my grandmother. Um, she was, at the time of her, pa of her passing, my bestest friend. She really, really was my best friend. <laughs> this show is really about her, for her. Um, it's my way of celebrating the life that she had, the life that she led, good, bad, and or indifferent, mistakes, all of it, doesn't matter. She was just everything to me, and I know that I probably will never, not on this earth, experience that kind of love again, um, where I was the apple of someone's eye, and to have someone sacrifice for me the way that she did. My grandmother lived on a fixed income and she sent a portion of her social security check to me every month when I was in college um, to help me pay for school. And she really did it based on faith and she just really was something really special. So as I ponder and I ask you to ponder and wonder, what have you learned about life? What has life taught you? You know, I want you to think about the lessons, the experiences, and the people who are at the forefront. You know, when my grandmother passed away, uh, one of the things that I said in her obituary and to myself, what I had learned about her life is that she is my legend. She is my legacy. So what that meant for me is I did not have to go or look any further than Fannie Mae McCarthy. <laughs> Fannie Mae McCarthy Carter. She is the end all and be all. And the example that she set set for me as a caregiver uh, really is the reason why I am still here. And I mean that. I'm not just trying to be um, emotional or pay homage. I mean that. She is the reason why I am still here. Uh, she taught me faith and she taught me how to pray and she taught me how to call on the name of God. She actually just taught, taught me or, or told me to say Jesus. <laughs> she said, say Jesus, um, worm. Just say Jesus until you feel your help come, until there's a shift, until there's a change. And, um, 
there have been some experiences in my life, some uh, I have caused and some I have been a victim of or a victim to that I would have liked to say that Jesus just doesn't work, Granny, and Jesus just don't exist. But <laughs> she proved me wrong every time because when I just stopped trying to maneuver and make things happen on my own and I just surrendered to my highest self, my highest power, my creator, that's when I felt my help come. That's when I feel my help come. That's when the the shift takes place. And so that's what I talk about. You know, those principles, those lessons that she taught me that I use day to day to day to day. And when I hear myself um, telling myself, you can't make it. This is just too hard. You don't have what you need. You should go ahead and give up right here. You know, I hear her telling me, faint not. And Hold on to the Lord and remember that God is never going to leave you. And so I've been working on another show and that show does talk about my spirituality um, and somewhat of my religious upbringing. And the purpose of that show is to really talk about how I probably would have been an atheist without having my grandmother in my life. I would not have believed there is anything other than the good and bad that happens on this earth and on this planet had she not uh, ushered me into um, the presence of the, the Holy Spirit uh, by way of her prayer um, and, you know, her laying hand. I can get emotional right now. I'm actually getting emotional just thinking about it. I remember, you know, when I was going through anything. And uh, it could be anything. And I would just go home and I would kneel down before my grandmother. I would kneel down before my grandmother and I would just say, Granny, could you lay hands on me? I just don't know what else to do. And at some point, you know, and in, in that process, she didn't know where I was in my walk in life and in my spiritual walk. But there were moments when I would just kneel down because I didn't even know how to whisper a word of prayer for myself. I didn't even believe that God would hear any prayer come from me. That's how bad I felt about myself. And I would just come kneel down before her and ask her to pray for me and lay hands on me. And um, that's how much I trusted her, you know, with my heart and uh, with my faith. And so this show is dedicated to the spirit of my grandmother, Fannie Mae McCarthy Carter, uh, my good girlfriend, my sweet May, mama, old lady, you know, all those names that I used to call her. Um, she just really, really stay, stays with me forever and ever and ever and ever. You know, so what I want you all to do as much as I uh, pay homage to my grandmother and I bow down and I thank God um, for placing someone like that in my life. Think about your grandmothers, your mothers, your fathers, your godparents, uncles, aunts, cousins, best friends, best friends, mamas, daddies, all of those folks that were there for you. Think about the lessons that you learned. And I, I don't know, and I really don't care what the experience was. Um, abusive relationship, uh, molestation, um, being poor, being broken down, being used. Uh, being abused, your drunkardness, uh, your addiction issues, 
your your ability to move out of a negative environment, um, the ability to live a happy life your entire life, uh, the ability to come from a really good home and sustain that and create an even better home for your kids. What has life taught you? What lessons have you learned? What experiences have you had that have created the foundation on which you stand? That's what I want you to address. And I'm going to address that from the status of wellness. For those of you who don't know too much about what wellness is, wellness is the incorporation and the encapsulation of um, everything. It includes your social um, wellness. It includes your physical wellness, your spiritual wellness, your environmental wellness. It includes your your professional wellness. It includes your personal wellness. So there are multiple dimensions of wellness, eight dimensions of wellness, and it's the makeup of who you are. And that's what we want to identify. What have you learned in every aspect of, of wellness? And I'll focus on and give some examples of about what I have learned, but I really want you all, you know how I do this, you know how I do it. I say get a pen, get a piece of paper, get your text message, text yourself, whatever you need to do. It's always about learning a lesson with me. It's always about the aha moment. It's always about reflection. It's always about gratitude. So if that's not you, I don't mind you not listening to my shows. I don't mind you not participating. If you are absolutely not ready to experience greatness, if you are not ready to experience abundance, if you are not ready to step in the purpose of your life, if you are not ready to embrace victory, I get it. Don't listen. Shut me off right now. But if you are really to really ready to take inventory, look yourself in the mirror, pat yourself on the back, pull yourself up by the bootstrap, take up your sick bed and walk, really leap into the victory of your life, believing that your faith is going to catch and carry you. This show and every show that I do is for you.
But back to the show, folks. Back to the show. What have you learned? What do you know to be true? You know, what have I learned? What's the purpose of this show? You know, I've learned a lot of things, but I think one of the things that I have learned in life uh, that is critical is that forgiveness is necessary. Forgiveness is necessary. And I learned that from my grandmother. I learned it from my grandmother. Me and my grandmother had a come to Jesus moment. <laughs> um, and you know, my grandmother was really, really religious, but she was also super spiritual. And I mean super spiritual where I could walk in on my grandmother and she'd be, you know, kind of speaking underneath her breath and her hands would be positioned on certain parts of her body. And I would be like, well, Granny, what are you doing? You know, what were you doing? And she would be like, oh, worm, I was laying hands on myself. I was praying for myself, you know. Before Donald Lawrence was talking about encouraging yourself, my grandmother was speaking a word of encouragement over herself to herself uh, to sustain her and to make it through some of the hardships that she had encountered and was encountering, and I didn't even know it. But in my 20s, I remember going to my grandmother and telling her about this awful event that had taken place. Um, a horrible verbal fight that had all almost turned into a physical fight. And I said, that's it. I'm done with this person. Never speaking to them ever, ever again. It's over with. I'm done. I told my grandmother, I said, I'm done, Granny. That's it. I'm not doing it anymore. You know, people are not going to treat me any way that they want to. And, you know, I said, how long am I supposed to deal with this? I can't keep taking this. I can't do this. And it was a very, 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 very close family member. And my grandmother just said, worm, you have to keep taking it. You have to keep forgiving. And so what she meant was forgiveness does not have an expiration date based on other people's actions. You don't stop forgiving and loving people because they continue to be bad, do bad, <laughs> speak bad, <laughs> and make decisions that are painful and hurtful. And so there were some things that she said that I just wasn't agreeing with. But what she was saying was forgiveness does not end. You continue to forgive. You forgive, you know, over and over and over. It's the scripture that says, I think it would, I think it's Matthew 18, uh, Matthew 18 uh, verses 21 uh, and 22. You just continue to forgive. And so, you know, it was, I think when the Lord spoke or said to Peter, you know, you continue to forgive 70 times seven. It really, my grandmother had, we had the same exact conversation and I had no idea that we were having that that come to Jesus moment that we were having our very own um, scriptural or scriptural, excuse me, um, moment where I, we were reliving a situation and I was done and I was serious. You know, the Scorpio in me was like, I ain't got time for this. I ain't doing this, this, my, 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 my. I wasn't having it. My grandmother said, yeah, you kind of do have to have it. Um, you kind of do have to continue to love and forgive and your responsibility and the challenge you are faced with is figuring out how to love and forgive this person even while they are in the midst of their foolishness and they're carrying on 
and even their abusive nature towards you and themselves. And I just didn't get that. I had a conversation with my grandmother a few weeks prior to her passing. And she knew she was passing. So what she was doing, she was being slick. She was actually um, polling the family members, asking them, how would you feel? What would you do if I passed away? She was asking questions because she knew she should have already been uh, should have already um, transitioned. The doctor had gave her a certain amount of time to live. Uh, she only told a select few, um, and she had she was on at this point. She was living on uh, spirit. God had extended her life. She had you know extended whatever the doctor had said but she knew that it would not be too much long uh or longer before she would she would expire and she was asking me you know worm worm what would you do and so i told her i said granny listen i'm not going to even i'm not going to lie to you and i told her about this dream i had two years prior to her passing away i had a dream i had a dream my grandmother had passed away and in that dream, I had went crazy. I saw myself in the crazy house in a straight jacket. Um, they let me out of the crazy house. I shouldn't say crazy house. I'm I'm sorry. That's so um, insensitive. But to paint a picture, I saw myself um, in a in a um, mental ward or ward for those folks dealing with mental health issues. And for me, at the time, I had gone insane. And I was in a straitjacket. And they took me to my grandmother's funeral. I took a chair and sat the chair next to her casket and started to talk to her casket and said, Granny, you see these fools carrying on? You see how they're crying and falling out? They think that you're passed away. And I was like, get up and let them know that you're still here. You're okay. And so my grandmother was really, really, really worried about me. Because the truth of the matter is, is at the time, you know, had she passed away, I would have absolutely gone insane. And so, you know, I apologize for my insensitive description, but the picture that I'm painting is that I would have absolutely gone crazy. This is what I'm saying to you. I would have completely lost it. And she asked me that because she was worried about me and an uncle that we both would really, really suffer. And so during the time she was preparing to move forward into the next realm of life um, and, and float away from this earth, she was praying my wellness and praying that I would be able to take it and deal with what had uh, happened after she passed. So when I got that call and I got in my car and I was driving to the facility to where she was, I heard this voice in my right ear. I heard this voice in my right ear and it said, you're going to be okay, worm. Her voice just as clear. You're going to be okay. You're going to be all right. And I was all right. I didn't cry. I didn't break. I was okay. Because during that time, as my grandmother was uh, transitioning, I knew that she was still with me. And I knew that I needed to learn some lessons from her passing. And one of, the one of the lessons that I learned, one of the biggest lessons that I learned was that it's okay to forgive. 
it's okay to forgive. And I think when my grandmother passed away is when the forgiveness and the 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 love for my for my mother, her daughter, actually just blossomed and opened up. So even though my grandmother passed away, her death gave life to forgiveness uh, from for me, my mom, and some other family members that I was really, really holding things against based on experiences I had had. And another lesson that I learned, and it's a life lesson, and I know this to be true, this is what I know to be true, that death does not, cannot, will not kill love. Death has no power over love. That's what makes the mourning process so difficult because you are learning to deal with the experience of living life without someone who's physically here, yet the love you have for that person is ever present. If you ask me today, how do you feel about your grandmother? Has it gotten easier? And I will tell you, but it's the love that I still actively feel and actively search for that keeps me, that sustains me. So death did not kill that. As a matter of fact, the transition just made it stronger. It made it stronger. So I learned that love exists beyond the realm of human physical body and that forgiveness is absolutely necessary. What have you learned, Liv family? What have you learned about life that is sustaining you, that you use to maintain your sanity? That's what I use to maintain my sanity. I absolutely know that when it starts to dealing with the, the wellness of life, when we start dealing with those dimensions of wellness, Another lesson that I learned from my grandmother is about spirituality, and that's one of the first um, dimensions or components of wellness that we'll start with. So let me collect myself. Let me breathe because I feel myself. I can go into a crying fit right here, right now, and not because I'm sad, because I'm overwhelmed with uh, the presence of love and I'm grateful for the lesson that my grandmother taught me and I'm grateful for the experience to have known her. And most importantly, I am so grateful that somebody loved me the way that she did. Oh, I'm so grateful for it. You know, that's, I know what it feels like to be loved. You can never treat me any way less than that, right? I won't tolerate it. You know, it's, it's almost so bad that I, I won't open up to anybody anymore. But it set a standard for me. So let me collect myself. Let me breathe and talk about what I've learned. Um, and the first dimension that I want to deal with, I'll deal with three or four dimensions. And I want you to talk about what you've learned. The first dimension is spirituality. With spirituality, I've learned to separate it from religion. But I'm grateful for religion because religion gave me a foundation. It gave me something to focus on. And what I mean by that, it doesn't matter what your religion is. If you are um, Muslim, if you uh, practice the principles of Buddhism, um, if you are like me and you grew up in a Pentecostal um, denomination of Christianity and you believe in um, 
God the Father, the resurrection of Jesus Christ the Son, um, and the gift of the Holy Spirit that was left with us. Whatever it is that you believe, that's your belief. But what it did for me was create a foundation. And had it not been for my grandmother introducing me to that foundation, I probably would not be able to grasp spirituality. So I graduated or at least I'd like to think that I graduated out of some of the limitations of religion and to the infinite uh, possibilities and resource and abundance that is spirituality. So I referenced the universe, but I am clear that uh, and and want you to be clear that I believe there is a creator of the universe. I believe that the universe is just our um power source, if you will, to get what we need, when we need it, how we need it, here to serve us and we serve it. Uh, so it is a two-way street, a two-way communication. Uh, I believe in prayer and meditation. I believe that prayer is the communication. It is your verbal, it is your uh, spiritual, psychological, emotional communication to your higher power, to your God, and meditation is the stillness. It's the listening to. It's the obedience to life. It is the obedience uh, to listening to the higher calling uh, for you uh, on life or in life. So religion and spirituality uh, kind of started out as a hand-in-hand situation for me. But what I know to be true about spirituality and what I've learned about spirituality is that your belief in your highest self, believing that you are a representation, you are a divine, unique creation of the creator. You come from something bigger than your problem. You come from something uh, a lot more celebratory than your challenge. You come from something more triumphant than your tragedy. And so now that I absolutely know that I know, and I believe that I believe that there is a higher higher Christ, there is a higher God, there is a higher substance, there is a higher calling, there is a higher power that it sustains me, it keeps me from death by way of self-infliction, and it keeps me from harm's way. It has been what has transformed my mind out of pity into purpose. I don't know what your belief is or what lesson you've learned about spirituality, but that has been mine, that your belief in your higher self, your power, the higher love source will catch you and carry you if you surrender and have faith that it will. If you surrender and have faith that it will and not even not even death can snatch victory. Not even death can take away love. It still exists because love, victory, peace, faith are greater than death if you believe it, if you believe it. So that is one of the lessons I learned with my spiritual component with wellness, that spirituality. Go ahead, write it out. What have you learned Right? What have you learned if we're dealing with the spiritual component, spiritual wellness? Let's take a look at another one. Health. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. <laughs> Health. I'm laughing because that's a that's a process. Uh, I'm a work in progress when it comes to health. 
in my head, in my head, as I daydream about myself, I am a kickboxer, right? I am a kickboxer and a yoga expert. In my head, I am svelte. I am toned. You know, I am double jointed. Um, I am a fantastic dancer. I can do all of these things physically. Yet, realistically, I have made unhealthy choices that have given me a pop belly and some love handles. But to pat myself on the back, to give myself a round of applause, I have come from my highest weight was, I don't remember, was it 279? I think my highest weight was 279. I'm currently um, a lean <laughs> I'm under 220. I'm in between 200 and 220. Um, so I've lost a great deal of weight over the years. But what I've learned about health is that health is beyond physical, um, that health is about how you feel about yourself and making conscious decisions and choices about what you eat. Um, and so I think this year I've made some really poor choices about what I've eaten because I've uh, gotten into a love affair with fast food, which I've never had an issue with. But fast food, because I'm always traveling and I'm always trying to think of or pick up something fast. Um, and it wasn't so much so a huge problem in the past. And I don't necessarily deem it a problem now. I'm just conscious that I'm making choices uh, that don't benefit me. So the best way to look at that is look at your your physical body. Do you like what you see? Do you want to be in the size 38 pant, Ben, uh, or the extra large top, Ben? Ladies, do you want to be a size 20, a size 22? Does that work for you? Uh, are you retaining more water than you should? Is your blood pressure higher? Your body is trying to tell you something. Are you always tired? As soon as you get home from work, you drop and fall right into the bed because you don't have energy to do anything else and you work at a desk all day. So the biggest lesson that I've learned, this is my lesson about health, is this. Your body and your mind... Your body and your mind will tell you what it needs and what it wants. If you're not getting enough sleep, if you're not getting enough protein, if you're not getting enough fruits, vegetables, your body will tell you by way of high blood pressure, by way of diabetes, by way of obesity, by way of being lethargic, by way of not being clear um, and present in the moment, no creativity, no passion for anything, um, constantly beat up, bruised, uh, and abused by any problem that come your way because you don't have the mental, physical, and emotional capacity to deal with anything. So that has that is what I've learned when it comes to health. So spirituality, health, write it out. What has life taught you? And think about this. Have you learned the lessons? If you've not learned the lessons, folks, what is your problem? <laughs> Why haven't you learned the lesson? So ask yourself this question. What has life really taught me? What lessons have I really learned how have I applied those lessons learned? So how have I applied, Ben, since you're still chubby, you're still chubby. How have you applied the lessons learned? I tell you this, I have not gained any weight in the last four years, none at all. 
I haven't put on any extra weight. Yay! I just realized that, that when I check the scale, I'm always under that 220, unless I go to the doctor and I have on a bunch of clothes and then it's like the 223 and stuff. But you know, you know how that goes. You step up there and you tell the doctor, listen, that's not true. I have my sneakers on, my wallet's in my pocket, my keys are in my pocket, I've got my scarf on, my hat, my rings, my watch. Stop playing, Dr. Shivago. You know good and well I don't weigh 223. That's clothes weight. <laughs> so I've just been able to accept that and really celebrate. Um, that's the lesson that I've learned, that I'm conscious about the choices that I make, that I actually read labels now, that last night when I went to the supermarket because I wanted to shop for the week, that I made conscious decisions to purchase foods that did not have a lot of additional ingredients in it. And if it did, if it had more than two lines and words that I couldn't pronounce, sucralose, balacatralia, sopis, pachalti, apososis, <laughs> listen, I don't know what it is. I'm not putting it in my body. I'm chubby enough. Can't do it moving on, right? So really identifying what you've learned. And and the last question that I want you to ask yourself, and I ask myself this, am I living a remedial life? Am I living a remedial life? Constantly repeating the same destructive patterns. So what does that mean, Ben? Give me an example. Ladies, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. You date the same man in a different suit. You've had 12 different boyfriends over the last six years, and he's been the same no good bum, the same man that is okay with taking your money, taking your debit card, living in your house, eating your food, the same lesson that you should have learned 12 years ago. 15 years ago, it's constantly being repeated. You're remedial. You've stayed back. You know, you are still a senior in, in high school of life, but you're 42 years old. Come on. That's what I mean. What patterns are you constantly repeating? You leave one job and go to the next and say you're being bullied at every job when you don't realize that it's not necessarily the fact that you're being bullied, but you have victim energy that you are comfortable with living in and portraying and displaying because if you did anything outside of that victim energy, it would mean you have to take responsibility for your life. It would mean you have to take responsibility for your career. It would mean that you accept that a job ain't nothing but work. <laughs> Remember that? I, I stole that from Marlon Wayans and Mo Money. Um, that's what that question is is begging you to answer. Same thing with you, fellas. Same thing with you. Uh, you keep dating women that you deem hoes, thoughts, and bitches when really it is your own hoe, thought, bitch energy that attracts that kind of woman. That is you, fellas. You're that thing. She isn't. You are. Uh, same thing with my LGBT community. You're constantly searching for love, constantly. You want a secure, monogamous relationship, but you're searching for security with 
unloyal behavior and promiscuous behavior. You cannot sleep with 15 different people on the search for a great love affair. That's not how that works. So the question, am I living a remedial life, constantly repeating the same destructive patterns? What have you learned about life and how are you applying that to life? Right. So the the third component that I want to look at with uh, the eight dimensions of wellness, and we won't go through them all. We'll just go through a few of them. Um, the third one is social, your social uh, life, your social wellness, people that you have around you. I've never had an issue with having negative people around me. I've always had really solid, really cool, really great people. But what I started to realize is that if I wanted to go into new territory, I needed to ensure that I had people around me who were not limited in their way of thinking about limited uh, about new territory. So folks who had stretched themselves beyond what they know to be true and bringing in and developing a new truth. So what I really learned about this social element, this social wellness is whoever you surround yourself with is a reflection of you and how you feel about yourself. So if you feel stagnant and limited and you think that the folks you surround yourself with are are stagnating you or limiting you, that is because you are comfortable in that position right now. You have got to stretch beyond your your current social uh, crowd or social environment and graduate into a group of folks, even if you're not best friends, even if you don't sit around the campfire and roast marshmallows and make s'mores, but a group of folks that have what you want and have been where you are trying to get to. You know, so it's difficult for me to have a conversation with someone who who is not attempting to go where I'm trying to go, who does not identify with their own destiny or their own purpose, and whose definition of what I'm attempting to do is something extra special when it is just the requirement for living this life that I have been given. I am obligated to understand and define what my purpose is. It is not an option, but an obligation. And if I surround myself with people who think that my purpose is optional, that reaching my fulfilled destiny is optional, then I cannot continue to surround myself with those folks. Breathe. Stop with me. Breathe with me. I'm breathing with myself because that was, you know, a revelation. That was an aha moment for me. (laughs) That's what I want you to think about. What have you learned and how you are applying these tools to your life, right? And those are only four or, or three components, but I really want you to take inventory. Take inventory on your life, right? So as we we begin to drill down and prepare ourselves for the rest of the week and prepare ourselves for the rest of the year. I really want you to breathe this in, folks. I really want you to stop and spiritually ask out loud, what have I learned? What has life taught me? What do I know to be true? Right? What I know to be true is that my grandmother was a gift to me. 
what I know to be true is that my grandmother was my spiritual covering. She was my spiritual guider uh, or guidance. She was um, my spiritual teacher. She was responsible for teaching me foundation principles. She taught me how to pray, literally. She taught me how to pray. She taught me how to pray for myself when there wasn't any representation of priest, minister, deacon, reverend, bishop, anyone around for me to ask for assistance in praying. She taught me that I am responsible for having a relationship with the creator. And that teaching, her life, her example, taught me the one thing that changed and shifted the trajectory of my life. And this is what I want to leave you with, what I have absolutely learned, the golden nugget that I want to leave you with, is that if you, like me, if you, like my grandmother at times, felt denied, felt like the black sheep, felt like the outcast, felt like you were not good enough, felt like you did not get the attention, the praise, the honor due to you. If you felt like that and felt as if it was a difficult task for people to love on you and to love you and to pursue you, which I have felt, and I think that's what my grandmother saw. If you have felt that, what I would like to do is invite you to the truth of who you are. And the truth is that you are dynamic. You are a spiritual being, a powerful entity designed and created by the hand of the creator. And what I learned by accepting the truth of who I am is that God, the creator of the universe, the orchestrator, if you will, of the, the solars, of the stars, of the planet, requires honesty. Life requires us to be honest to ourselves, about ourselves. You might tell a lie to your neighbor. You might tell a lie to your husband, to your wife, to your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your friend, your foe, your teacher. You might lie to everybody else, but life, your creator, yourself, your spirit, the essence of who you are is waiting for you to tell the truth. Accept who you are. Gay, black, fat, straight, troubled, flawed. Tell the truth about how you feel so that you can move all of that clutter out of the way so that you can clear all of that chaos and surrender to the powerful, purposeful design that the creator has put together explicitly and especially for you. Tell the truth to yourself. Life requires your honesty. That's the biggest lesson that I learned. When I told the truth, I started dropping the weight. I realized my purpose. I started feeling love and compassion. I started realizing that abundance was already mine. I started getting the yes that I wanted. And so where I felt stuck at one job, life opened up opportunities for me to have multiple jobs and multiple careers and allowed for me to speak and teach and minister to and talk with and laugh with all kind of folk based on what I had lived and what I was now and now in this moment telling the truth about.
You all know how I feel about you. I love you so much. Stay tuned. Check my page. More shows to come. If you need me, I am here for you. Shoot me an email. Live LLC coaching at yahoo.com. Stop by with all of the love I have in me, with all of the faith that I have in me. My prayer is that you are well, that you live in abundance, that you live in health and wealth, that God's hand be upon you and your family this year moving forward. From my heart to yours, live family. I'll speak to you soon.